Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Um, today, I want to continue on with the power of love. Somebody say, all right. All right, so we're going to continue with the power of love. How many of you know that faith works by and through love, Scripture says? That's what Scripture says. We're not going to put that particular verse on the screen today. It's, on, it's in Galatians 5, 6. It says it slightly different. There's different nuances of that verse in different translations. But it says in God's Word that faith works through and by love. So if you love God, you're going to believe Him, huh? Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 13 that love believes all things. Does that just mean you're dumb and silly and not wise? No, it means you believe the best. Love means you believe the best. So faith works by love. And how many of you know that faith without works is dead? So if you're really walking in love with God, you're going to believe. And when you believe, you're going to do something about it. So today I want to continue the series, The Power of Love. Someone say The Power of Love. I think that was a song by Huey Lewis in the mid-80s, but it, it was a good song. Check it out. The Power of Love. Faith works by love, and faith without works is dead. Let's go to Luke 18, verse 10, please. Luke chapter 18, verse 10. Check this out with me this morning. Jesus is telling a story. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee. He was of the religious order, the priesthood of that time, a type of priesthood. But they were just very religious folks. Remember, religious doesn't ne isn't necessarily a good thing. Religious sometimes means you're playing a part. How many of you know the devil's religious? Oh, yeah. He would love to get us tied up in rules and regulations so we miss out on God. Pharisees said, no, we would, rather, we would rather make it complicated and put the burden of the law on you because we're miserable and we're not really seeking God anyway. All we have is tradition and rules. Jesus came and simplified stuff, and they gave them heart attacks and ulcers. Jesus said, let me simplify the whole law. It's love God and love others. All right. So one was a Pharisee, one of the religious order of that day, and the other was a despised tax collector. Tax collectors were despised. Why? They always got an extra cut for themselves, history tells us, and Scripture tells us. They would tax the people, they'd get a cut for themselves. And they were seen as traitors because they were collecting for the Roman Empire at this time. So they were collecting on their own people and collecting extra. People hated them. And they were given soldiers to carry out what they did so they could enforce the taxes that they wanted. Well, this Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. Don't ever pray like this. He said, I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. What a punk. He said, I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. Fasting and giving tithe, that's great, right? That's great. Jesus said, that's great, but don't forget more important stuff like walking in grace and mercy and truth and love, right? So let's keep going. But the tax collector stood at a distance and he dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. He knew he was wrong. You ever been there? He knew he was wrong. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, this is Jesus speaking. Someone said, someone say, Jesus said. Uh-huh. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified, right with God. 
For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted or lifted up. Wow. Let's go to Matthew 23. Another take on the same thing here, Matthew 23, verse 11. The greatest among you must be a servant. You say, man, do you mean I need to get hired as a servant? No, you need to serve. A servant is one who serves. You'd be surprised how hard it is to get people to help. Do you guys remember the, what was it, the little red hen story? Remember? Do you guys remember that one? She wanted folks to help her to get the grain. I don't remember the whole story. And she was telling all of her animal friends. She said, man, you know what? Would you help me? I'm going to bake some bread. And what did they all do? They all said, not I. Not I, said the fox. Not I, said the whatever. I don't even remember all the animals, but we can make it interesting. A giraffe. Not I, said the giraffe. Not I, said the zebra. Not I, said whatever, you know. They didn't want to help, but then she baked the bread, and so it was her bread. And I'm not, you know, the little hen wasn't acting like a Christian. She probably should have shared some bread anyway. But it was crazy how folks want to reap benefits, but they don't want to serve many times. It's, you say, man, why? I don't, I don't really got to do that. I'm, a, I'm above that. Really? Man, I've fished toilet paper out of the wet toilet bowl because we weren't supposed to flush toilet paper. I, I've done, say, is that to lift you up? No, it just means it's part of my life serving. I heard a preacher years ago, he said, man, I'm glad I'm a, a man of God now. I don't have to get my hands dirty anymore. I don't have to work hard. I'm like, champ, I'm glad, so glad dad didn't hear you say that. You'd have been on your way out a lot sooner. This was years ago. He said, I don't even have to work hard. This is probably 20-plus years ago. I said, wow, he doesn't have to work hard now that he's a pastor. They, you didn't get the memo, did you, Dad? No, you never got the memo because Dad, Dad's always worked hard and was a great example of, of hard work to us. People say, man, well, your, your fingers are a little soft. Yeah, but I still got calluses, though, hidden down here. I don't just get to say, you know what, now I'm, I'm above this. no. The greatest among you must be a servant. I don't know who this is for this morning, but faith works by love, and faith without works is dead. If you love, you're going to serve. Point one today, humble yourself. Humble yourself. We used to sing a song in South Africa, and it was, Humble yourself by the sight of the Lord. I don't know if it originally was in the sight of the Lord. I don't know. I don't know if it was by the sight of the Lord. But it sounded good when those African folks sang it. It sounded beautiful. It said, humble yourself. I won't get into it too much. Because Noe will hear this recording later and laugh at me. And my wife too. So, humble yourself by the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Why? Jesus himself came to earth. Scripture says he put off all of his His godlike attributes and came in the humble form scripture says of a servant jesus himself said he came to serve and not be served at that point at one point jesus was washing his disciples feet and of course peter's the outspoken one right some of us are outspoken in here maybe that's me maybe that's you some of you are like i would have been quiet great i, I need i need some of your fortitude but peter at one point said lord you ain't gonna wash my feet Never. And Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have any part in me. He said, okay, Lord, wash my feet, wash my head, wash everything. You know, that was Peter for you. Always extreme. And Jesus was showing them. He said, look, look, you want to be great? 
We'll get into this in a minute, too. You want to be great? Be a servant. Say, I want to be a leader. Well, in God's kingdom, leaders are servants. You are a servant leader. When you volunteer, you're serving. You're, you're leading in that way. Say, how am I leading? Well, number one, you're an example. That's the big thing about leading is you lead by example. Say, man, I want, it. I want everybody to serve, but I'm going to just kick back, man. No. Mm-mm. I'm called to humble myself just like anyone else. Jesus himself humbled himself. Can you imagine God in the flesh coming and being humble? He could have showed up and said, man, I'm not dying for these crazy creatures I created. I'm going to sit around and eat grapes and have them fan me, and I'm going to become king of the, the earth right now. He was already king, but he said, no, I'm going to humble myself so I can buy back my prized possession, my people, my creation. Whatever it took, Jesus did it, and he humbled himself. Someone say, humble yourself. Humble yourself. That's part of the power of love is learning to humble yourself. When you humble yourself, you, say, you can say, I'm sorry. Some of you. Some of you need to apologize to someone. Who am I messing with this morning? I hope I scare you when I look at you and say, man, someone told him something. No, no one told me anything, I promise. As God, I lift my hand to heaven and say, as God is my witness, no one told me anything. But some of you, even if I make eye contact with you, they're like, oh, they told the preacher about me. No, you need to, you need to go tell someone you're sorry. It may, may be today. Don't wait. Do not wait. You may need to go apologize to someone. Humble yourself. Or someone apologized to you, and what did you do? Maybe not you. Maybe it's someone on the live stream. If not there, maybe it's elsewhere. Maybe they'll hear it on SoundCloud or on the podcast. But maybe, maybe they came to apologize to you, and you went, oh, apology not accepted. Well, that's just as bad. Might be worse, I don't know, in a study of comparisons. Who knows? Humble yourself. And let me tell you something else you've heard, and you already know it's not all about you. I know that's a real newsflash for some people. It's not all about me? No, it's actually not. It's not. It's not all about me either. Say, yeah, but you got the mic on a Sunday morning. Man, do you know the thousand deaths I died to stand up here? Ironically, as extroverted as I am, I never wanted the spot like, like this because I, I had plenty of it growing up outgoing, getting in trouble, and charming, the oldest son of the pastor right here. In trouble here and there? I had enough of the spotlight just being the pastor's son. I didn't want none of that. God said, oh, good. Now you've humbled yourself, kind of, and I'm going to call you to the ministry. I said, no, Lord, not that. And pretty soon I began to humble myself, and I begged him for the ministry at one point. I said, God, if this is you, then let it be so. Some of you are praying for God's will, but when it shows up and someone tells you and speaks to you, you go, no, that ain't it. God speaks to you through someone. You need to humble yourself. Some of you think God's will is what you think it should be every time. And when folks, see, some people ask for advice. Man, I don't know who I'm talking to today. Some people ask for advice, and if it doesn't line up with what they wanted, they're like, no thanks. I've done that before, too. I've done that before, too. But that is a spirit of pride. That got Satan kicked out of heaven. He said, I will, I will. Oh, you will, huh? You're going to come against God most high. Good luck, champ. Out you go. Uh Uh-uh. Scripture says pride comes before a fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. Scripture says God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble, and God also brings judgment on the house of the proud. 
said, but I got it figured out. Some people are proud because they don't have a degree. They said, I made money without a degree, so they're bad. Others don't make no money and got a big degree, and they're proud too. Say, man, I got a degree. I don't make no money, you know, but sh I'm bad. I, people find the weirdest things to brag about and be proud about. I say, whoa, last I checked, aren't you a creation? When God created you, child, he was playing in the dirt. And let me add something to it. If you can't, hold on. If you can't humble yourself when you get corrected by someone who knows the word and someone's correcting you in love, you say, I don't like the way they did it, but they did it and it was right and you know you were wrong and if you can't humble yourself, good luck. Some people leave the scene when it's time to get corrected. Man, I've been corrected by some of the best. And I'm still here. Man, dad has corrected me, mom. I've had other men of God and women of God come up here, and they were pretty discreet about it, but, man, they would prophesy, and they would read my mail and tell me stuff up here. I was like, man, don't say that too loud, man. <laughs> you better get right, young man. You're called to this. You, it's time to obey God. What? Say, no, I'm going to fight it. I'm going to just be I'm going to just be bad. No, it's not worth it, man. God gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You want to walk in love, learn to walk in love, give and receive love, give and receive love, give and receive love. Got to learn to humble yourself. How about this one? How about this one right here? This is tied into humbling yourself. Number two, take revenge off the table already. That whole, that sounds great. No, it doesn't even sound great. I think it sounds dumb now. So I don't get mad. I get even. Well, that's actually completely polar opposite to what God said in the Word. Said, you can get mad, but don't sin. And you can get mad, but don't be paying people back. You know the best payback is? You let it go and let God deal with it. That's the best payback in the world. And say, oh, man, you can, you can, God's going to have to deal with you, man. He's going to do way better messing with you than I would. Take revenge off the table. Don't even consider it. And did you know that's faith? Did you know that's a big step of faith saying God's going to deal with those who have hurt me? God's going to deal with the ones who did me wrong. There was a misunderstanding or I didn't deserve that or, man, I was burnt or treated bad or whatever it was. Whatever your situation is, that is a big step of faith to say, God, that's all you. You take care of it. Let's go to Romans chapter 12, verse 14. Romans 12, 14. Bless those who persecute you. You know what the word persecute means? Give you a hard time. Put you through it, man. Bless those who are persecuting you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. You say, man, that, are you sure you're reading out of my Bible, man, Pastor Matt? Yeah, look in the translation there. Any translation is going to say that. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Wow, keep going. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Here we go again. This ties into point one. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. I've seen people make some money or get a great job or whatever, and they're like, man, I got it going on. Okay. Jesus hung out in the slums. Y'all didn't know? Jesus was healing the blind and the deaf. They were outcasts. A lady with an issue of blood, she wasn't even allowed to go into the sanctuary according to the Old Testament law. 
She couldn't even go to church. Can you imagine? You had a problem in your body. I'm like, oh, we talked about it. You can't come to church. That was the Old Testament law. If you had a flaw in your body or a, a, a blood-type flaw even or a, a blood-type issue, especially with a woman, you weren't allowed to go to church. That's weird, huh? You had to stand out in the outer courtyard and stuff like that. You could not go in to the sanctuary. And Jesus was there. He, she touched him, which was against the traditions. Man, she was unclean, the lady with an issue of blood. And Jesus said, who touched me? She was scared to death. He said, guess what, though? Your faith made you whole. He told another woman one time, he said, they showed up to stone her. They said, hey, teacher, she was caught in the act of adultery. So he wrote in the, on the ground. You guys have seen that even in the Passion of the Christ. And then Jesus said, whoever's without sin, cast the first stone. They all left. Then he said, woman, where are your accusers? I said, there are none, Lord. He said, I don't accuse you either. Go and sin no more. He was dealing with the unclean, the heartbroken, the immoral, the street people the addicts, the lepers, the ones that Jesus cleansed, you weren't even supposed to be around them or touch them. Did you know that? So you're never too good for other people, period. Now, hold on. While we're in this, let me tell you something, though. But you, but you are called to be in the world, not of the world. If you're always hanging out with folks, doing what they do, looking just like the world, you better check your heart. You were not called to do that. You don't need to, you're not called to walk around and be a jerk and, and, and you know, be self-righteous, no. You can, you can meet with folks that aren't living right like Jesus did, but that, you don't spend all your time with people who are not living right. Do you hear me? You got to be balanced about that. Jesus wasn't just hanging out all the time. He might have said, I'm witnessing to him. I, okay, I remember one guy years ago, he said, I'm going to trick the devil. He said, I'm going to flip the script on the devil. And his Bible study leader said, wait, what, you're going to go back to the world and you're going to be drinking and smoking with them at parties? And that, you're going to trick the devil like that? Well, yeah, but you say the devil will think he's got me. But I'll be flipping the script I'm like a secret agent. No, it doesn't work like that. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Can you imagine? People are like, oh, you're a Christian? That's the worst, that's the worst thing in the world, man. You're a Christian? Dang, I would have never guessed. I thought you were one of us. Don't be proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people, but be wise. Be wise. Be around ordinary folks. Humble yourself. Yes, right? And don't think you know it all. Oh, man, that ties into number one again. We're not even going to go there anymore. Let's keep going. Never pay back evil with more evil. Take that revenge off the table, right? That beautiful baby. Hold on just a second. Take revenge off the table. Never pay back evil with more evil. Say, I don't get mad, I get even. Oh, the Lord bless you. You're going to get in trouble now. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Huh. I don't, you don't do it for that purpose, but you do it just because you're right with God and you want to treat people right. Does that make sense? When you're right with God, you want to treat people right. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Scripture says the person whose ways please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. Wow. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say what? I will take revenge, the Lord says. I will pay them back. Wow. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them what? Something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. You want to pay someone back? Treat them kindly. 
Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. That is powerful. So take revenge off the table. Some people are so caught up in revenge and bitterness that they're what? They're miserable. Let's go to point three today. This is part of practicing love. I just broke it down a different way. Practice kindness. You bump into someone and say, man, yeah, but they're a nobody. Everybody's somebody. They're important to God. Jesus died for them. Jesus died for the homeless. We have a lot of homeless that walk around here. And once in a while, I know, they'll ta- they've tossed a rock through certain windows and stuff. We're not happy about it. Dad said, that's the last time I'm praying God's judgment on folks. They tossed a rock through here recently, stole the, the timer for the lights. I'm like, you can't even get any money for that. Hold on just a second. I'm going to. If y'all would, would y'all, would y'all take that baby out for me? I'm sorry to ask you. My staff is supposed to help me with that. So. All right. So practice kindness. Let's go to Galatians 5.22. Thank you so much. That baby is always welcome in here, but I don't want the baby to be a distraction. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Someone say this kind. All right. Love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we're living by the Spirit, some will say living by the Spirit. Wow, and that's a challenge sometimes, but God made it simple. You can trust him. He will help you. It's the Spirit of God within you. Since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another. What's conceited? Proud. Oh, man, these are all tying back into point one today. Or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Man, you don't need what I have, and I don't need what you have. Folks, some folks got a BMW. Praise God. That's great. That's a big car payment unless you paid it off, right? That's great. God bless you, man. I'm excited to see people blessed. New houses, nice houses, nice rides, looking classy, clean haircut. You Praise God. You look great. God be with you, man. You're a great example that way. You look great. That's God's plan for you to be an example in so many ways and look prosperous and live prosperous. I can't be jealous of other people. Plus, I'm going to be jealous of their problems, too. I have my own stuff to deal with. How about you? I got my own stuff to deal with. God's working in me, and he's working in you. Don't become conceited or provoke one one another or be jealous of one another. All right. So when you're practicing kindness, it's a manifestation of love. It is. It's a manifestation of love. A kind word or act can change someone's day, their week, their life. I kid you not. I've told people things, and I've just... I didn't even think anything of it. I was just being courteous or kind. And I've had people telling me later, did you know that that, that really helped me? I'm like, really? I'm just being myself with you. I'm, I was encouraging you. You were in a low point. I remember one, one lady years ago, we were going to college together. I was out at the, it was before it was the USW, it was the CSW. Talk about being humble, right? I didn't even go to a university. I went to college of the Southwest. But now it's University of Southwest, I tell people, yeah, USW, you know what I'm saying? 
University of Southwest. But I was out there, and a young lady knew me. I knew her family, and she was so heartbroken. Her husband had cheated on her. They were getting a divorce. She had two daughters. And she came up to me, and we're talking, and she was so somber, I remember. She was just so broken. And we're talking, and I don't know how it came up. She goes, you know, I'm going to go to, I'm thinking about going to law school. I'll be real with y'all. I didn't know she was smart. She's like, law school? I was like, okay, cool. I'm like, if that's on your heart, go do it. You think you can do it? She's like, I know I can do it. I said, go get them, girl. Let's go then. I don't know if we exchanged emails. I think I had a Lico account back then. Months later, I get an email, and she says, thanks for encouraging me. I, it might have been a couple years later, because it was something about I'm finishing law school. I was like, what? You, what? W-H-A-T question mark? No, I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. Wow. She said, thanks for talking to me. I was down, and you encouraged me. I'm, I was thinking, you were probably going to do it anyway, but hey, go get them. If that's what you want to do, and God's called you to do that, go do it. A kind word or act, man, it can change someone's life. Did you know I'm kind to people, even when I don't understand their season that they're in or the situation they're in? You ever been in one of those? You're like, I don't get why they're tripping like this or why they're going through this. You don't have to understand it. Try to understand it, but there's times you won't quite get it. You haven't been through that. Treat them with kindness. Treat them with kindness. Be respectful to people, man. Treat them good. Say, man, I don't, I don't, I don't understand all that, but man, I bet that's awful. I've had people in some situations that I will probably never completely comprehend, and it broke my heart to hear about it. But all I had was empathy. And sympathy, I said, man, let's pray. I'm, I'm with you. I'm praying for you. This must be terrible. And did you know I never forgot the ones who checked on me when my mom died? People you would have never expected texting me going, you okay today? <laughs> uh, you're thinking of me? Wow, thank you. I, I will never forget that. I'll never forget that. <laughs> and some... Some people, man, say, well, I, I don't understand what, what does serving have to do with practicing kindness? Well, it is, remember, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. I don't, I don't serve for credit. I don't serve for the limelight. God, God gave me, man, he gave me a gift. He called me to the ministry. I would have never guessed he'd call me to be a pastor, honestly. I had other plans. I said, God, I'm going to be an evangelist, man. I'm going to take off, leave the problems with the pastors, leave the problems with Dad. And John, they'll be the pastors. God said, I got other plans for you. I'm working on you. I'm working on you. So in the midst of that, God says, learn to serve. Learn to humble yourself. Practice kindness. That is part of be, being loving and kind is serving people. Serving people. Remember the fruit of the Spirit? We just read through those. Kindness is one of them. And that, brothers and sisters, that is part of the power of love. Let's go through our points again today. If they'd put them up for me, beginning with point one, let's do a review here. Humble yourself. Humble yourself by the side of the Lord. <laughs> Humble yourself, man. You don't have it all figured out. You're not self-made. You got to this place because you had lots of help, honey child. Promise. Lots of help. People gave you chances. People helped you. You got a scholarship. Someone mentored you. Someone gave you money when you needed it. Someone gave you a ride. Someone took you to work. Someone told you about a job. Man, humble yourself. God is with you. Number two, take revenge off the table. 
you can't do it right anyway. Revenge is crazy. You don't want to do that. Don't get involved in that. You, you take revenge on people, and then God takes their side. Even if they, were wrong, if they wronged you, God takes their side because you wronged them now. Don't do that. Don't take revenge off the table. Number three, someone say practice kindness. Oh, man, you can do it. You can practice it with your mouth. You can practice it with your actions. You can practice it with your being, your aura. Just be kind and approachable, easy to be around, man. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes today. I believe God has spoken to us. Man, he, he dealt with me on some stuff, reminded me of some stuff today in this message. Just like God's word to cut both ways. Scripture says it's a two-edged sword. So it cuts, man, when I'm speaking to you and it cuts coming back to me. It cuts both ways. If there's someone in this house, every head bowed, every eye closed, or joining us on the live stream, you say, man, Pastor Matt, I need to make sure if I die, I'd, I'd go to heaven. I, I just want to make sure I, I've made peace with God. If you need to get right with God, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've never publicly raised your hand or confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you do not know where you're going. If you died... Raise your hand today, and I'm going to pray with you. God bless you. Raise your hand. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for your courage. God bless you all. Let's pray as a family. Everybody in this house, repeat this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I need you, Lord. I've sinned. Say, only the blood of Jesus can cleanse me. Say, I receive and I believe in the sacrifice of Jesus. I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe he died and rose again. And I believe by God's power and not mine, I am forgiven. I humble myself. Help me, Lord, to realize how much I owe you. So I give you my life. And I confess this. Today, Believing in Jesus' name. Amen. I want everybody to look at me. Go ahead and stand to your feet today. I believe God had a word for everybody in this house in some way, some form, some fashion. Raise your hand today, and I'm going to just pray a blessing over you because I believe God's word has fallen on good ground. Why? Because of your humility. Not because I'm a special preacher. I'm the best preacher. I do my best with God's help. I have a gift that he's given me. But man, there's a lot out there that can preach a lot better than me. But you received what God gave you today through the word. And he has so much more for you. Just received it as I pray for you. Heavenly Father, I speak your blessing. I speak life and hope and excitement. A new day tomorrow, God. The sun's going to rise again. So give your people hope today. Whatever they're experiencing right now, it's not bigger than you, God. It's not bigger than you. Thank you for your mercy and your grace and the new people that joined us today at church and those who've come faithfully and those who've come back. And God, everyone who's in this house, I thank you that this word was for them as well as it was for me. And I thank you, God, for your faithfulness, your forgiveness, your kindness. Thank you for coming in the humble form of a servant, in the form of Jesus, the one who died for our sin. And I thank you that vengeance is yours, God. Go ahead and cast all your cares on him. 
Give it to God right now. You say, man, I'm going through this. You don't understand, Pastor Matt. I may not, but God does. Give it to him right now. Just go ahead. Imagine yourself giving him that, that big, heavy bag of problems, worries, fears, bitterness, unforgiveness, revenge, whatever it is. Turn it over to God this morning. Go ahead. Turn it over to him. Give it to him. Let him throw all of that into the sea of forgetfulness. God's not going to remember your sin anymore. He's not going to remember any of that anymore. And now you need to forget about it. Give it to him, people of God. I declare over you that you are like trees planted by the rivers of water. You prosper year in, year out, day in, day out. You're being fed and nurtured and blessed. God is with you. He is for you and he lives inside of you. We trust you today, God, and I thank you for your people who have received your word. In Jesus' name, someone said, amen. Amen. Let's give the